Welcome to Faith Rising, a podcast about living with bold faith in the modern age. In this episode, Daniel and Amber chat with Chuck and Pam Pierce on the value of life. Welcome to Faith Rising. We are going to be talking about something more sensitive today. We just want to thank all of you today for being a part of the show and thank my father and my mother, Pam Pierce, uh, for being part of the show with us. And uh, I just feel like everything that we're going to talk about today is going to be really impactful for our community and uh, for those who will be watching the show today. And, you know, as the Lord put this show on our heart, one of the things we've really, really felt led to do um, was to address some of the harder issues, some of the things that we don't talk about as a society or within the Christian community. Mm -hmm. Uh, that really we need to be because mm. we have to come to some understanding in our intercession uh, in the way that we pray and the way that we uh, conduct ourselves. So Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's amazing how you invited us to come to this show, the war over life, and how, you know, the pain particularly of abortion and how it affects our nation and mm -hmm. how it affects families and how it affects everyone involved. And really this what we want to deal with is the trauma of that and how it has affected so many and created so much conflict and i don't think it's any coincidence first of all i don't really believe in coincidence mm -hmm. i don't think it's any uh it is just a god thing that y'all decided last week to have this show today and on tuesday uh, here we are with the Supreme Court making a shift for our whole nation in the abortion area. Yeah, the timing of that was just so amazing because uh, we had been discussing that on the show last week that this is what we were going to address this week. And uh, we just heard the Lord's voice on that. It was mm -hmm. something that uh, in a moment you just said, you know, I think we're supposed to talk about abortion this next week. I, I think he must know that this is uh, key for intercession right now. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about intercession, really what I'm talking about is how people have to stand in the gap. They have to pray. And when you're standing in the gap, you're standing between men, you're standing between the devil, and you're standing on behalf of the Lord. I noticed this week you went through intercession yeah. all week. And then all of a sudden last night, I can... You called and you said something just lifted and then this thing came out. Yeah. That was amazing yeah. to see the timing of yeah. that. And so it's really important. You know, when I think of this topic, I, I think of life mm -hmm. and I think of voice. And really that becomes the real way that I look at it. God has a voice. Yeah, I feel like as we address this topic that we have to come from the standpoint of life to truly understand what the Lord wants to show us in it and to begin to pray and to see into the issue, not just as a political issue, but as an issue of the heart, you know, within Absolutely. Uh, our society and the believing community as well. And, and, you know, God has a voice, woman has a voice, but that, that child that is forming, God's knitting it together in the mother's mm -hmm. womb, and that child has a voice. Mm -hmm. And then the devil has a voice. And so we've got to look at this. When you look at it from that perspective, it's really not trying to take choice away from anybody, but it, it comes to the point of what voice will you agree with and how will you agree with 
that voice. And uh, a child has to be protected. Uh, I remember this week you went through, uh, last week you went through a really wild incident over uh, an embryo of a seed. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I'm a gardener. (laughs) So (laughs) every time I step out into the natural world, I'm seeing messages and symbols from the Lord that he put in place, you know. And a seed is one of the most potent images that we have. And last fall, a gentleman brought me a bag of burr oak acorns. They're really big acorns. And he said, I want you to grow these. And I thought, okay, I've never grown an acorn, don't know what I'm doing. So I did all the research and found out you have to, they have to go through a period of what's called cold stratification, where they're submit, subjected to cold temperatures, and it's during that time that the root begins to grow. So I went through all of this. I got them started, uh, covered them with a metal mesh to keep the squirrels from digging them up. Uh, they went all through the winter, and then in the spring, a little sprout came up out of the ground. And so I dug them up, and I transplanted them into bigger pots. And I had them lined up along the side of my house near the water fountain so I could give them a drink every once in a while. And then I had some people come in and help me with my spring cleanup. Never occurred to me that they would bother anything in a pot. And as Chuck and I were taking the trash cans down to the street on Thursday night after this yard cleanup, I saw that every one of those little trees had been yanked up out of the pots. Oh, my and, and there now, now, let me explain how she saw it. She fell on her knees outside screaming up into heaven because these plants had been uh, uh, uprooted. She told me on the phone, she said... It was like an abortion. (laughs) I was just devastated because I'd gone through all the, you know, this tender nurturing that I'd gone through all winter and waited for the spring. And here were these baby trees that uh, were coming up. And all of a sudden they were gone. The life that had sprouted from that that acorn was gone. Well, probably somebody's out there thinking, well, what does it matter that you pulled up a tree? Well, you know. Well, you pull up all the trees. (laughs) You're going to see how it matters. And you're not going to have anything that's going to produce the life and oxygen you need for the future. Mm -hmm. And and really, I think that's what I saw with this. I knew not to even say a word to her because you know how crazy she can get and how passionate (laughs) she can get. I I went in, sat on the couch for two hours without saying a word but the real issue was the protection of that embryo that you had nurtured Mm -hmm. and and that's what happens when uh, we remove the voice of the child that's forming Mm -hmm. I think about you I think about you Mm -hmm. if if, especially you Mm -hmm. just think if your natural mother had thought had had an abortion and Think about, we would never have your voice right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the struggle I get. It's really not about taking away a a woman's right, because I believe you have the right to sin. Mm -hmm. I believe you have the right to do anything you want to do. And that's, Mm -hmm. you and God are going to have to answer for that. Mm -hmm. But this really becomes 
the voice of that which is forming for the future. That's right. And um, I love to see exactly what mom was just talking about, how uh, the Lord uses where people are at in life and what their interests are and how they perceive things uh, to plant that seed in their heart for what they're supposed to go into intercession over and uh, those things that they're supposed to seek the Lord over in the time that they're supposed to seek him. And I believe right now is a time that we are supposed to seek the Lord over this issue in our country with abortion really and on an individual mm-hmm. level and even within the church and within families, because uh, this is an issue that over the decades, has been a dividing point, you know, mm-hmm. both for our nation and our culture and, and families. And we have to allow the Lord to bring us to that place where uh, he gets a hold of us individually and gives us a revelation of what life is so that we can grab a hold of that. Because without a foundation of what life is, uh, we can't understand what it means to take it away either. Well, so. when Roe versus Wade was passed in 1973, it was a huge issue. Of course, we were in college and uh, I came from a different background from Pimp, so it was quite an issue. It was quite an issue in my family. It was, it was an issue in my life, and it was. And I, I tell you the real thing that I saw, because of how it became close to home in an area of my life, was the pain that it produces. Because see. The body always remembers trauma. Mm-hmm. There's a great book right. out there, and and it's a trauma that you go through. You can't you can't remove the trauma of this situation. We've made it such a political issue, and I think you could address that uh, mm-hmm. more so than than I. But we've made it such a political issue. But it's really an issue of the trauma and the body. And uh, you have to know that when you're removing life, I saw the trauma on her over a tree. Mm-hmm. But now you went through that in, when we were first in the business world in Houston in 1975. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I worked in uh, the oil and gas industry in the 70s, and uh, I had never met anyone who'd had an abortion until I was in this one department and there were two women who confided in me separately without me ever bringing up the subject. They just sought me out to tell me about their abortion experience. Mm -hmm. And one woman uh, had felt it was her right. She she made the choice. Mm -hmm. It was something she wanted to do and she felt absolutely no guilt or remorse over it. She felt like it was the right decision her at that time in her life. The other woman, uh, her family had pressured her Mm. to have the abortion. She didn't want to, and she was completely traumatized. Mm. And then later when she, later in her life when she got married and wanted to have children, she had a lot of trouble conceiving. Mm. And so she came to me and shared that and she asked me to pray for her and we sat in the office and cried and prayed and six weeks later she was pregnant Mm -hmm. but that's just the difference i don't know what happened down the road with the other woman whether she came to a point in her life where she dealt with the trauma of abortion or felt any regret i i don't really know but you see it does affect them. Yeah. If you've had an abortion, you're going to have some 
some consequences down the road, mm -hmm. whether they're physical, mental, emotional, whatever, because you, you can't go through something like that without having repercussions and experiencing mm -hmm. the pain somewhere. I wanted to just, I, you know, I have a friend who um, she had gotten pregnant and um, she actually asked me to go to the clinic with her to have the abortion done. And I said, I couldn't do that. And, you know, none of us were saved during the Lord at the time, but we, none, none, of, none of us wanted her to have this abortion. All of us were saying, you know, there are other options. We'll help you through this. Um, let's just wait a little bit longer and, and see if maybe you might want to keep the baby. Maybe you, maybe you then would give it up for adoption. The guy pressured her into getting the abortion and said that he would only stay with her if she got the abortion. So, of course, she gets the abortion. He doesn't stay with her. Um, she calls me several times hemorrhaging. I, I have to bring her to the emergency room three times. Um, after this abortion. And so, you know, and it was very traumatic. I saw both of their lives spiral out of control after that. It was so traumatic for her. And um, whenever I, I think about, I think that that's probably something she still, she probably still, mm -hmm. still deals with that because she did consider keeping the baby. She was manipulated into doing that. And, um, it was traumatic for not only her, or it was traumatic for a whole group of us surrounding her, for everyone watching Absolutely. it. So it affected, it affected a lot of people. And we were know, 20 years old, I think. Let me ask you this, Amber. One of the things that I've always struggled with is it seems like it's just the woman. Mm -hmm. And it's not really any consequence on the man whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And really, that's not how this works. Yeah. Because that that guy will mm -hmm. also was also a part of mm -hmm. that decision. Yeah. And I believe that that's why you have to you have to see how this trauma affects everybody involved. And I'm going to tell you, men will have to take the same responsibility as women do. Well, I want to also just. You know, there's a lot of propaganda out there that makes it look like you just get an abortion, you move on, it's done. Physically, it doesn't even work no. like that. A woman is going to bleed for weeks and even months, and then their body is going to go through, have to go through the process of adjusting Probably. hormones. It doesn't just, it's not just a quick fix. And um, so that's something that I feel like in all the propaganda that's being put out is not the truth. And there are a lot of women who have suffered damages after abortions. Well, I, you had an opportunity with two of your pregnancies, pregnancies to get an abortion. And share a little with that about that with us. Uh, well, when Daniel was three years old, mm -hmm. uh, I was healed uh, in a uh, meeting uh, in Dallas of barrenness. And immediately... Uh, got pregnant and then about 10 weeks into the pregnancy I started running a mysterious fever had all kinds of strange symptoms they checked me into the hospital ran all these tests and the specialist not my gynecologist but the specialist came to me in the hospital and said your your 
you've got all these conditions and your baby is going to be born with all of these deformities, Mm -hmm. you should get an abortion. Well, I I didn't get an abortion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there for two reasons. Number one, I agree with the word of God. And the, the Bible says that one of the things God hates is the shedding of innocent blood. Mm-hmm. And there's no greater example of innocent blood than a baby in its mother's womb. Mm-hmm. So that was a done deal for me. The other thing was that I had begged God to heal me. And then I was finally pregnant for the first time in my life. And I was not going to get rid of something just because a doctor told me that there would be a bad outcome. And so I chose to walk it by faith and was blessed with a healthy baby girl who weighed over nine pounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a thing wrong with her brain, uh, which was the main thing the doctors told me would be the problem. And so, you know, I was certainly glad that my conviction held firm (laughs) (laughs) and I did not get rid of my baby. The same thing happened a few years later when I got pregnant with the twins. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to a geneticist and he told us all the things that were going to go wrong. Well, because I had already walked through this before with Rebecca, I knew that I could trust God with the outcome. Now, in this case, the outcome mm. was death of the, of the twins because of multiple birth defects. Mm. But I wouldn't change my, ch- my mm. choice mm-hmm. even so because of all that God taught me and showed me about faith and submission and the sovereignty of God. I, I don't think I could have learned all of that without going through what I went through with the twins. But again, a doctor told me, you might as well end this now. Don't put yourself through it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I put myself through it. Well, and I mean, it changed our lives. It did. It, it really, and, and death of a child, death of anybody can really affect you so greatly. Mm-hmm. But we leaned in and allowed our life to be changed by God who had created all of it. Mm -hmm. And all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. But I remember after that, too, because of what you went through with the death of the twins after they were born, I remember two ladies coming from Houston laying hands on your womb and praying that the trauma leave your womb. Mm -hmm. See, I I think what we're talking about here, it's... The body remembers, your DNA remembers. Mm -hmm. Therefore, when you go through trauma, no matter what the trauma is, you're going to have to deal with that trauma or else it's going to cycle through your entire body. And so really, that's one of the things we want to encourage you. No matter what trauma you have been through, this show wants you to understand there are ways for you to be healed from your trauma. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, now, tell us how you came into seeing some of this. 
Well, I had always had a check in my spirit about abortion as an issue as far back as I can remember. But uh, one of the things that really hit me hard was uh, when I was in the police academy and uh, we went through part of the class where they taught us about the law of abortion. And one of the things that the instructor showed us in the law was that uh, the clause in the Texas penal code uh, concerning the law of murder had to actually be altered. There had to be an amendment placed on the law of murder in order to allow for legalized abortions. And even now, if you go into a bookstore and you pick up a copy of Texas Penal Code and open it to uh, that section, you'll see down at the, the bottom of it, it says amendment to the law of murder uh, to allow um, for legalized abortion to take place. And that really hit me hard because of uh, my knowledge of the word and how I had the word operating in me. And if you go back even to Daniel chapter 7, it says that a king will arise that will uh, act to alter the law and the time the time in the law. And that's what we see here. I see such an illustration of that in the issue of abortion because there's a set time for a baby to be born and Mm -hmm. that's a destiny that the Lord's ordained. And uh, even like dad just shared that even though uh, mom and dad had the twins and I remember when that happened, that was a devastating thing in my life that I couldn't understand at the age that I was at. But um, the Lord brought those two babies forth for a reason and that was to alter something in your life that allowed Mm -hmm. you to get free. It affected everyone in our family. And that's what is the problem of uh, taking something that eventually has a voice for the future. Now, when the twins died, it redeveloped all of our voices. Mm -hmm. It's really an amazing dynamic that we go through. Now, let's look at this thing that we're going through yesterday. I think what you just said is key. I mean, the thing was... Some way or another, that information from the Supreme Court, which got leaked, it, I think it was to create a major timing dynamic to create confusion. Right. So uh, what actually happened yesterday that came out in the news was uh, there was a majority opinion released on a case that the Supreme Court is hearing right now or just heard recently uh, over abortion. And if they rule a certain way on the case, it's likely to overturn Roe versus Wade. And uh, so the majority opinion that was leaked from the Supreme Court uh, states that they have an intention to overturn Roe versus Wade. Now, that doesn't mean that that's actually been done yet. And we need to be in intercession in a powerful way in the that next couple of months. That is good morning for all of us. Because the final decision won't be rendered until probably about the end of June or so from what I was reading. But uh, usually when you see a majority opinion come out like that, uh, it's a strong indication that that's the way the the court's leaning. Um, So it's really a key time to be talking about this and to be interceding over it. And um, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, it will then become a state-by-state decision, which uh, we have to really watch because it will become a major dividing point between uh, the states. I also think, you know, Texas was Roe versus Wade. That's where all this originated. And I think recently with Texas, they did something to start the reversal of a major reproach that came on the state that affected a whole nation. And uh, that reversal was the issue of bringing it out of governmental federal law and putting it back into civil law. 
That's right. And so how did that affect us? The bill SB8 that passed in Texas uh, a few months back, um, it actually allows a private citizen to sue abortion providers or anyone who's been involved in an abortion uh, if the abortion was conducted after there was a, a detectable heartbeat, which is up to how many weeks? Uh, six weeks, six, I think it is. Six, six weeks. And, um, of course, that caused a huge you know, uproar here in Texas, but the enforcement mechanism of it is what changed. Uh, Texas as well as many other states have been trying to pass heartbeat bills for several years now and they repeatedly get struck down in the federal court system because they're challenged by lobbyist groups and different people that are uh, invo involved with the abortion abortion debate and um, in pro-abortion you know but um, what changed is the mechanism to allow a private citizen to take the action and where it would be easy to look at that and feel like that's a vigilante thing to do and question whether that's the safest direction for us as a nation, it took that law out from underneath a legal structure that has kept it in place for decades. Yeah. And because we know the word and we go back to that word in Daniel that we were just talking about where it says changing the laws and the seasons, in order for the Lord to flip this thing over in our nation and set us on a new path and a new direction, something had to be overturned with that legal structure. And it's an issue of legalism that has to be challenged. Well, that's the thing, you know, Satan is a legalist, so he's always going to use law and time to try to to try to defeat us. The Bible actually says he will use it to wear you out. Wear down your mind so you can't think. Now, that brings me to the heartbeat issue because, you know, once a heart beats, a heart thinks. Mm -hmm. And that's my real issue. I don't want someone that is developing thought for the future to be removed because we have always had this one statement. We said, you know, sometimes you might remove the cure for cancer. You might remove the most incredible artist or entertainer that would ever be. And so all we're saying today is we have to know this is a great war. And I believe, you know, in many of the books I've written, the 21 states that God showed me would be in covenant with him, two hanging in the balance. That was a covenant issue. I think, I think we're going to have to see that I believe in days ahead, America will be making choices state by state by state on how they want to honor God's covenant. We've gone through and researched, and you guys were in Israel for 10 years. There's probably 20 one states right now that are in alignment with Israel. We are seeing a nation that now is going to be forced to make a choice state by state by state over how the nation will go. And I think this is probably the beginning of one of our biggest mm -hmm. wars ever. Yeah. And the debate over the abortion issue really started back in the 1970s when the nation itself was going through a major uh, oh, cultural redefinement and a war over really our identity and who crazy. we were going to be. And uh, we see manifestations of that today in today's world. It's in the news every day concerning uh, right down to people deciding what gender they are or different things that 
you know, in a last generation were considered simple issues that were straightforward mm -hmm. have now come into question. And I feel like that's happened really through uh, an attack on identity, you know, that the enemy has brought against us in this nation. And I see abortion as being an issue that's uh, key to that because it was uh, at the beginning of this whole shift that's taking place. So as our court systems work and they overturn certain things and the laws change, it's also going to change the path of the nation in a lot of ways uh, over identity and other questions that have come up. And as I was praying about that this morning, the Lord just really began to show me that the truth that we have in the Word of God is so simple. Yeah. I think that's the real issue, Daniel. And, you know, I, I look at you two. You, you two operate by faith. Pam mentioned the real issue became faith. I mean, was she going to have the faith to have this baby even if it became totally deformed? Because she had three of the five torch syndrome viruses. One of those deforms the fetus. She had three at one time. And oh. they told her there would be no way this fetus could survive. And by faith, I remember you would break out all over except right on your womb. You, you had this rash all over. And it was like, by faith, you protected that embryo, embryo just like, I, I think that's why you fell and acted like such a crazy woman when they pulled your plants pulled up. Plants I mean, I mean, we that was had... a moment. We have to look for those <laughs> well, moments. Oh, it was a moment, all right. I'm telling sometimes, you, it was a Sometimes moment. we have to take a step back and let the Lord deal with somebody and give them that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless of what we see, it's not always the best thing for us to do to intervene and go and put your arms around mom and say, oh, oh I did, sorry. I did. You had to back I away did. and let I the did. Lord show her what he wanted to show I'm so sorry this happened. Yeah. And I wanted to protect the people who did it because... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really know what they were doing either. Those oh, no. people who pulled them say, up. And I thought, oh, gosh, don't grass. let them show up, you know. <laughs> and I did know that she needed to go stay out with the bird and the cats, and I did not need to intervene anywhere near her. So sometimes just get out of the way. <laughs> That's it, get out of the way. But I think we can all four of us come to the conclusion today, really, it's a trauma. Mm -hmm. and your body responds to trauma. Yeah. And uh, I think we've all experienced that some way in our mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And there's no condemnation because people make mistakes. But you're going to have to know there's a consequence when your body experiences trauma and when you remove someone else's voice. I don't want to remove a woman's voice. But I don't want to remove the future voice that God wants to bring forth also. I want God's voice to be the ultimate rule. And I think that's mm -hmm. been our 50 years success of marriage mm -hmm. because we're both very opinionated. We don't see things the same way. And yet we've always let God decide. And you two keep bringing that up that you always go back to the word mm -hmm. and uh, you got to have an ultimate voice somewhere. 
Mm -hmm. That's it. In your life and, and an absolute voice. When you lose your foundation, you lose your stability. And that's the thing. If we don't have some absolutes in what we believe, mm -hmm. and for us, it's in the word. You know, when I was in the police academy, they came to us and they said, listen, you're going to go to alcohol or you better find religion because you better be grounded in something. And I've said that many times as I've spoken uh, both on the stage and in here. But that's a, a simple truth for us, that if you don't find something that you're grounded in, then you'll be taken by anything. If you don't have an absolute, someone else will give you one. Yep. And that's the truth. And as we begin to lose that, whether it's on a societal level or on a personal level, the Lord, the, the devil will try to fill that void. So we have to have an absolute. And the, the word is just so simple. You know, I mean, Genesis 1 talks about how he made us male and female. He the spoke. Ten Commandments, commandments mm -hmm. say, thou shalt not kill. You know, all of these things that we've made an issue and overcomplicated them through politics and through culture wars and all of these other things. Um, don't have to be that complicated, you know, and the mm -hmm. restoration that the Lord has for trauma that we've gotten into by not going back to that route and figuring out where we went, mm -hmm. went wrong, uh, can also be healed. But the Lord has to take us back to that place where we can, we can look at it in the face and say, you know, this is where we went wrong and we went down this path and we may have ended up so far down that path, but we can still turn around and get back. And that's what I would really leave anyone with uh, right now that um, might be suffering condemnation or the weight of being involved in an abortion in one way or another, you know, in their We've lifetime. We've all made mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, the statistics say one in four women have yeah. had an abortion or somehow been involved in one. So I know that that's a weight that's there. It's in our society and our society has suffered certain traumas from it but we can get back to the place that the Lord has for us in it mm -hmm. and those wounds can be healed mm -hmm. and destinies that we're, we've lost can be restored mm -hmm. Amber why don't you pray and remind them one more time that there's a place they can call well I just want to um, I know that probably one in four of you that are watching this may have had an abortion and we just want you to know that there's nothing there's no there's nothing you can do that is too far gone that god can't heal mm -hmm. there is nothing wow. you can do that he can't restore he's he's the healer he is the redeemer and so if you want prayer we want you to call in and get prayer so that god can begin to um, heal those wounds and so that you can walk in freedom because God still has a promise, a hope, and a future, and freedom for you from a, the trauma of abortion. And so, Father, we just thank you that you are the healer of all wounds, Father. That you, you are you. There's nothing you won't forgive, Father. And so, I just ask that you would just begin to heal these wounds, Father. I ask that you would activate people to call in and get prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to thank all of you for watching, and I want to ask you all to help us get this message out. This is something that I really believe will help a lot of people who've experienced this, the pain of, of this subject. And so we want to encourage you to share and like and subscribe. Um, there are many, you can go to GZI TV and you can share it from there on your social medias. You can like and subscribe and share from YouTube. And so just help us get this message out so that we can bring healing to people.